Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. You all look so tired this morning. Not like you worked hard this week. I'm glad you're here because we're going to go on vacation this morning. Anybody ready to go on vacation? I am. Ready to get, get going and experience what God has for us uh, beyond. That's what summer's about, isn't it? Uh, we want to spend some time away once in a while. Uh, this morning, our scripture passage comes from Luke chapter, 20, or chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. And right before this, Jesus has been talking to his disciples, and he's been sharing with them how he must suffer and die. Um, and yet rise again on the third day. And, and the disciples just never really connect with that. Do you ever notice that? They, they just, I mean, Jesus says it over and over and over again, and it still comes as a surprise to them. Uh, it shouldn't have been a surprise. He said it over and over again, and it still came as a surprise. Why does it come as a surprise? Because they listened with ears that were trained to only hear one thing about the Messiah. And I'm always afraid when we read Scripture uh, that we read it that way. You've been trained to listen a certain way. Uh, so this morning as you read, try to open your mind and ask the Holy Spirit to show you something new, something fresh, something different. And so Jesus finally gets away. About eight days after Jesus said this, He took Peter, John, and James with Him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw His glory and the two men standing with Him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to Him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice from the cloud... A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my Son whom I have chosen. Listen to Him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord God, for Your presence here this morning. Thank You for Your incredible love. Thank You that You hear and answer prayer. Thank You that all things are possible with You. Thank You that You promise never to leave us nor forsake us. Thank You for a warm weather. Thank You for an incredible week at Bible school. Thank You, Lord God, that as You walk with us, we can walk with assurance and boldness. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we would walk with You. Lord, as we open Your Word this morning, we, we ask that You would speak, that we would hear Your voice, and that we would respond to You. And I pray, Father, that You would speak through me, though I'm unworthy, except by Your incredible grace. And I ask, Lord, that You would receive 
all the praise and the glory. For you're why we're here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So as soon as uh, we're done with second service, we're going to make our way to the, the sunny uh, graduation party, and then we're going on vacation. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, away. <laughs> away. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> it's interesting that the the video that that you saw the countdown video i uh, you know it's kind of edgy i suppose but um i thought it was funny because you know it didn't matter what happened it was okay cuz they were on vacation you notice that and, and what i laughed about is they did a lot of things that people do on vacation that really don't make any sense i mean you buy the t-shirt that costs you know 40 bucks when you could buy it at home for 10 dollars and you know you got to have that snow globe and that uh, you know, uh, to remember the vacation. What do you do with all that junk? I mean stuff, that treasure. Treasure, that's the word I was looking for. And, and you bring it home and, and, oh wow, but yeah, we were on vacation. And so uh, you spend all this extra money and you run into this trial. You know, is that really what vacation is all about? Well, some people when they go on vacation, they go a long way away. They want to go as far away as possible and they want to just sit and relax and do nothing. Um, and, and then there are others that do what they call a stay vacation, right? Uh, they're just going to uh, crash at home and, um, and try to do some things that need to be done at home. Um, the, the sad part for me when I talk, about pe- when I talk to people who are going on vacation um, is that often, whether they go far away or whether they stay home, People decide that it's time to take a break from God. Um, and and I, I find that odd in many ways. Um, they don't usually take a break uh, from their spouse when they go on vacation. Um, although I suppose in some places they do. But that's not healthy, is it? Um, you you want to... You want to go on vacation with people you love, people who care about you, people who are fun. And the sad part is, I think a lot of people don't think God's any fun. They should come to vacation Bible school, right? And find out God's a lot of fun. I I think that blows people away when they come to vacation Bible school. Because they're used to going to church and finding it boring. And they come to vacation Bible school and they find out that God can actually have fun with us. And does. And people take a vacation from God. Uh, uh, when we lived in Maine, uh, people would go away for the summer. They'd go to their camp. Now, they'd go to work from camp, um, but the, they wouldn't go to church from camp because they were at camp. And it was funny to me because sometimes camp was closer to the church building than their house was, but they couldn't get to church because they were on vacation. They were at camp. They were away. They were away from everything. They were away from... God, even. Uh, well, you know, they still believed in God, but they needed a break. How sad. It's like saying, I need a break from my kids. I'm going to leave my kids when they're like real little, right? So I'm going to leave them when they're four and we're going to go on vacation for a week. But they'll be fine. A lot of frozen dinners in the, ref- in the freezer. They'll be all right. Leave them on the table to thaw out, Kenny. <laughs> Uh, 
this morning's passage is interesting to me because Jesus finally gets away. And if you've read through the Gospels, you know that Jesus was frequently trying to get away. He was trying to get away uh, from, from the crowds and from the ministry. He needed time away. And so he was trying to get away. And every time he tried to get away, the crowd would follow him. Did you notice that? Didn't matter where he went, all of a sudden all these people showed up. And half the time they showed up hungry or they had some big need or, or they had some big question. And, and so he's constantly trying to deal with all this stuff that constantly follows him around. And he can't get away and he can't get away and he can't get away. And finally, in our, in our passage this morning, Jesus finally gets away. He goes up on this mountain and he takes Peter, James, and John with him, his closest buddies, and they're going up there and they're going on a prayer retreat. They're going on vacation. They're getting away. Just for a day at least. They're going to get away and spend some time away from the crowds, away from the ministry, away from this turmoil. They're going to get away. And I think it's interesting that when they go on vacation, when Jesus goes on vacation, He went on vacation specifically to pray. Did you notice that? He went on vacation to pray. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't go on vacation to see the view from the top of the mountain, although I'm sure that was there to appreciate. And he didn't go on vacation so that he could uh, spend extra money or, or, or ride that roller coaster ride that he's been dying to ride. He went on vacation because he wanted to spend time with his heavenly Father. He wanted to sit down and talk to the Father because he knew that what was coming was going to be disastrous in some ways, and yet would fulfill the very reason He came. Did you notice what it said? That when, when the others show up, when Moses and Elijah show, show up, it says that they spoke about His departure, which He was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. That departure, you may remember, was crucifixion and resurrection. And Jesus had been very clear about this. Jesus knew what was coming. He needed to spend time with the Father because He knew there were some trials yet to come. There were some struggles that still had to happen. And He needed to spend time with the One who could do something about it. With the One that could give Him strength to get through it. With the One that had the power to surround Him and hold Him and encourage Him and support Him. He needed to talk to the Father. He knew that God was His strength. And so He turned to His strength when He went on vacation to grab hold of something that would give Him the power for what was yet to come. And while he's praying, notice what happens while, he, while he's praying. Uh, Moses and Elijah show up. Now, there's a lot of questions. Why Moses and Elijah? And I think partly it has to do with Moses being a representative of the law, right? 
and Elijah being a representative of the prophets. And that fulfills the Old Testament, right? You have the law and the prophets within the Old Testament. And what did they talk about? They talked about the coming Messiah and how God was going to bring salvation through this Messiah. And it was going to be an incredible day of the Lord and a day in which God was going to do something great and bring salvation to His people, to the righteous, and destroy those who had walked away from Him. And those are powerful words. And I I believe that Jesus needed to be reminded that His mission was from God and was foretold and that that was important. I, I think that's part of it. But I think there's something even more interesting in this passage. Because when you look at Moses, do you remember how Moses died? Up on the mountain. He died. And who buried him? God buried him. Yeah. God buried him. And when God buried him, he buried him in a place where nobody could find him. Because he didn't want somebody going to worship at Moses' grave. It had nothing to do with Moses. All Moses did was obey God. And so God took him to be with him, and in so doing, buried him in a place where people would not honor and worship Moses, but would worship God. You remember how Elijah died? He didn't die. Exactly. You remember what happened with, with uh, Elijah? He was caught up in a whirlwind on a chariot and taken to heaven. Now, that's the way I want to go. If I have my choice, uh, God and I are talking about this. If I have my choice, I, I want to go in a chariot. Or I, I, I'd settle for a Mustang. That's really settling, isn't it? I might even settle for a Chevy. <laughs> oh, now we're getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And so Elijah didn't even taste death. Elijah is simply taken up to be with God. You see, both of these people understood what death brought. Death wasn't an end. Death was a step into eternity with God, being in the presence of the Almighty God. And that's exactly what Jesus is facing. He's facing a death, but He's also facing a resurrection. Did you read what it said? It said He was facing His departure It didn't say anything even about His crucifixion. It said He's going to fulfill His mission and and they talked about His departure. Yeah, because they know what that's like. To leave this earthly body and go to be with the Almighty God. To walk that road. to, To be faithful and faithful and faithful all the way till the end and watch God take you to be with Him. They knew what it was all about. And so they're sharing with Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, you just wait. Because God is going to be there. And God is going to get you there. And you're going to make it all the way through. You know you're going to make it all the way through. And Jesus is saying, I can hear Jesus say, you bet. (coughs) We're going all the way. And Moses says, yeah, Jesus, I was there. And it was awesome. And Elijah's like, yeah, God. Uh, Yeah, Jesus, I, I understood what that was like. You know, one of the most powerful things in prayer is to have someone pray with you that's going through the same thing you're going through. It's powerful stuff. That's why we, we offer our prayers aloud here, by the way. Uh, that, that's why you have that opportunity. I know some of you don't feel comfortable with that, and I get that. Uh, we've had some people say, well, uh, you know, I, I find that time boring. Um, I'm sorry, uh, because what happens in that moment is very powerful. 
Because as you share your concern and your need, there may be someone else in the congregation that has a similar concern or a similar need. And when you can share how God has answered that prayer, something happens within the person who is struggling to know that God does answer prayer. And that God walks with you. And God gets you through. And some people here have struggled greatly. And they talk about, uh, ask for prayer. Please pray for me. I'm going through a hard time. And sometimes that hard time doesn't get better. Did you notice that? That doesn't mean God isn't answering that prayer. Because we see God sustain them through the struggle and through the trial. It always amazes me that somehow people think because we're believers, everything's going to be great. The psalmist said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me, your rod and your staff, you comfort me. It doesn't say he'll take you around the valley or over the valley. It says he'll take you through it. And when other believers are walking with you through it, you find that comfort. When someone else has faced the same struggle, you get that comfort. It's amazing to me. We put on our mask and we refuse to share our, our, our struggles because we think, well, people will think less of me. The sad part is there's someone sitting next to you or across the aisle who, who is struggling with something similar and could use your encouragement and you could use theirs if you'd be willing to take the mask off just for a minute. Or two. And Jesus is on his knees praying, and Moses and Elijah show up. And they begin to talk about what's to come. And Jesus finds that renewal. And I imagine, I, I can only imagine what the disciples thought. You see, all of a sudden the disciples begin to see what power there is in prayer. There's incredible power. In prayer. On Wednesday night, sometimes we get caught up in prayer. We pray for 45 minutes and study the Bible for 15. Some people think, oh, that's horrible. And they get upset with me. Oh, we should make sure we're done. No, 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 no. The most important thing we do is to talk to the Father and allow the Father to talk to us. Now, I'm not saying the teaching isn't important because, you know, I have an incredible lesson planned. But what's really important is that we're listening to God and sharing together with God. Because that's when we see the power of God at work in our lives. When we go on vacation, we have a great opportunity to spend time with Jesus. To spend time with Him. The disciples had this opportunity to spend time with Jesus and they began to see the power that comes from spending time with Jesus. We call that prayer, folks. We call that prayer. So I want to encourage you to go on vacation, not just to get away, but maybe sometime this week. Go on vacation. Say, sorry, I'm going on vacation. And begin to talk to Jesus. And remind yourself that He's listening. Hey, you might even want to take one or two people with you. Or maybe in the midst of your prayer, someone will show up. It will give you that opportunity. See, when you go on vacation, you want to take time with Jesus. When you go on vacation, uh, the other thing I thought was really powerful in this passage, and, and you see it, you get a new vision of who Jesus is, don't you? I mean, all of a sudden, there He is, transfigured. He's changed. The Scripture says His face changed. It lit up. I mean, He just lit right up. You ever see anybody light up? I was talking to a young man uh, this last week, and um, 
he's at that age where vacation Bible school is supposed to be questionable, you know, so you don't. Um, but I knew this, this young man had another passion. I began to mention that passion, and his eyes just lit up. You ever see that? Where you talk about somebody's passion, all of a sudden they light up. Jesus is lit up. He's on fire. He, he, he's like lightning. His clothes are like lightning. He's just so excited. And the glory of God is being revealed in that moment. And it's so powerful that even Moses and Elijah are, are reflecting the glory of God in that moment. And it's, it's so incredible that together, as they begin to worship and, and, and praise God and, and, and see God's glory revealed in that prayer, that the disciples finally wake up. <laughs> Do you ever notice the disciples had a hard time staying awake? Um, they, they, you know, I don't know whether they were out late on Friday night, so Saturday morning was tough. Um, I, I don't know what the deal was, but the disciples always had a hard time staying awake. And here they are up on the mountain praying with Jesus. Great opportunity, and they're falling asleep. You ever fall asleep praying? Is this confessions time? Is that allowed? Did someone say that? Yeah, i, I got to confess, I've done it. I've been praying, and all of a sudden, man, I'm just, and I'm beat. And that's, what, that's what would happen to the disciples. They, they, they get so tired following Jesus and doing all that. And so they, they fell asleep. And Jesus, uh, in the midst of this conversation with Moses and Elijah, and all of a sudden the light from Jesus, I, I don't know what it is, but something woke them up. And the glory of God began to work in a powerful way. And let me tell you something, the glory of God can wake you up. Because when you begin to look at Jesus in a new way, you begin to get uh, on fire. And when you get on fire, you begin to wake up. Because God begins to do things in your life. You begin to see Him working in your life day in and day out. And all of a sudden, you get excited because you know God, you don't fall asleep so much anymore. By the way, you remember that other time the disciples fell asleep? They almost missed it, didn't they? They almost missed what God was doing in a powerful way. You see, Jesus went to the garden to pray. And what happened while Jesus was praying to the disciples? They got tired and they fell asleep, right? And Jesus came to them. He said to Simon. Now I want you to think about this. Simon had been asleep on the mountain when Jesus was transfigured during prayer time. Don't you think Peter would have been wide awake anytime Jesus started praying? Because things happened when Jesus prayed, didn't they? Things were changed. People were changed. Lives were changed. People were fed. People were healed. Every time Jesus began to pray, something awesome started to happen. And Peter, Peter is the leader, for heaven's sakes. You would think Peter would be all excited when Jesus started to pray. But for some reason, Peter tended to fall asleep when Jesus started to pray. And here they are up uh, in the garden there, and Jesus comes over and says, Simon, are you asleep? Can you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
And you see, we want to see new things in our lives. And we want to see Jesus at work. And we want to see things changed. But we have a hard time staying awake. Sometimes we have a hard time staying awake because we don't take care of ourselves. Sometimes we have a hard time staying awake because we let the struggles and the trials of this world push in and change our vision. But when you spend time regularly on your knees talking to Jesus, you begin to see Him in a new way. I love this picture. I love the picture of the laughing Jesus. Because uh, too often you see Jesus with this somber look on His face. I don't believe Jesus had a somber look on His face hardly ever. Once in a while when things were serious, yes. But I think for the most part, Jesus was walking around enjoying life. I can't imagine. It must have been pretty fun, right? So there's a lame man. Heal him. There's a blind man. Heal him. There's someone with leprosy. Heal them. There's someone who has a need. Meet that need. Oh, 5,000 people that are hungry? No problem. What do we got? Yeah, let's make it happen. Can you imagine? That's exciting stuff. We were here all week, and God was doing some incredible stuff, some exciting stuff. One of the most exciting things that I saw happen was there was a couple who were struggling, and they were in one of the adult classes. And, uh, and, and they were asking all kinds of questions. And uh, the teacher of the adult class kept coming to me and saying, you know, they keep asking all kinds of questions. All kind, it's so exciting. And, and he was excited. It was Jim. Jim was real excited. Because, you know, that, and there are other people asking questions too, he said. <laughs> like that should always happen, right? But, but as a teacher, I know what he's saying. Sometimes you just feel like you're droning on. All of a sudden they're asking questions. Then on Friday night, when we got to the closing, I had a chance to share the gospel again and, and asked everybody to close, close their eyes. And, and you know, we, we do this with the kids every night. And I said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, would you raise your hands? And a couple kids raised their hands. And there was one adult in the back that raised his hand. And I said, if you raised your hand, see me or Pastor Dan afterwards. And we closed the service and everybody was having fun running around. I thought, i got to get out in the hallway and meet people as they leave. And as they're leaving, here comes this young gentleman. And he was going to walk right by me and I stopped him. I said, did you raise your hand? Aren't you the one that raised your hand? He said, yeah, that was me. I said, do you really want Jesus to come into your life? Yes, I do, he said. I said, then come with me. And we came in here and we, we prayed to Jesus and he asked Jesus into his heart. Isn't that exciting? I mean, you've you got to understand, God is doing these things all around us. And too often we walk through life and we fail to see what God is doing because we're looking at the struggles and the trials or we're looking at all the things that have to be done. I encourage you this week to go on vacation and look around and see what God is doing. 
Because there's someone in your life that needs to know the love of Jesus. Maybe someone who needs to be healed. Have you ever stopped and prayed for someone and say, Lord Jesus, please touch them and heal them? Or are you afraid that maybe Jesus wouldn't answer that prayer? I wonder sometimes if we don't see God at work because we've limited God and we're afraid. What if He doesn't do it? Then I'll look like I'll look foolish, or God will look foolish. Maybe He'll push them away from God. Open your heart to Jesus. He wants to do great things in your life. Reach out to someone. who needs. This is the time to get a new beginning. You see, that's what we go away for, right? So we can kind of take a deep breath and get a new start. Well, I encourage you to take a new start this week and put your trust in Jesus anew and afresh and begin to look at Him because He's changing. He's not the way you saw Him yesterday. Some of you think you know all there is to know about Jesus. i got news for you. That's like the young man who's been married five years and thinks he knows everything about his spouse. Now, if you've been married more than five years, you know he doesn't have a clue, does he? <laughs> Furthermore, <laughs> a pace you're supposed to learn at. Kenny, the, the key is you never figure it out. <laughs> Kenny says to me, so why try? <laughs> I know, I know. We pray for you, Veronica. We pray for you. The key is we change every day, don't we? And you learn something about the people you love every day because they're different. Every day, something new, something fresh. Yeah, there are a lot of things you know about Jesus that you've known for years. That's great. Don't throw those things away, but keep looking because there's more to know. Jesus loves you deeply. And He wants you to to draw closer to Him. And so all week we talked about this passage. John 3.16. You've heard it before, and you think you know it, don't you? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But I want you to stop and look at that again. Because you see, when the voice from heaven comes, it says this, God says, this is my my Son. This is my child. And John gives us an even closer view. This is His one and only Son. The others are adopted into His family. And He loves them just the same. But this is His one and only Son. And He gives His Son away. That to me blows me away every time I think about it. Because no one would be willing to give their Son to die for somebody who doesn't even like them. But God did. God gave His Son to die for people who didn't care a rip about Him. And still don't, some of them. (coughs) And He did it because He wanted to have a relationship with them. That whoever would believe in Him should not perish, but would have eternal life forever with God. That's what God wanted more than anything else. That's God's heart. God says, this is my Son. And then he says this, my, the one I have chosen. Did you ever think about that? Jesus is the chosen one. 
The one that God chose. Chose to bring salvation into this world. Jesus said it this way, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And you see, we hold back. We only want a piece of it. We only want a little of it. When Jesus wants to give us all of it. And as we open our hearts, He begins to show us Himself anew and afresh. But He was also the one that was rejected by the world. And Jesus made that very clear. You see, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except by Me. Jesus is saying He is the only one. Our world has a real hard time with that, don't they? I hear all the time, there are many paths to God. You ever hear that? There are many paths to God. Jesus said, I am the way. No one comes to the Father but by Me. And people have a hard time with that. And yet, if you live in Maine, you know that you can't get there from here. I can't do it right. I have to have my wife do the right accent. That there is frequently only one way to a place in Maine. Because <laughs> roads only go north and south. They don't go east and west. And you see, the truth is that there's only one way to God. And that's through Jesus Christ. He was the one chosen by God to pay the price that we might have life. And not have just a nice life, but to live a full life. Now, some people read that and say, that means that God wants us to have everything we want, right? Uh, I love that idea. It's just not true. (laughs) God wants what's best for us. And sometimes what's best for us is not what we want. (laughs) You go to the doctor, and the doctor supposedly wants what's best for you, right? So you go to the doctor, and the doctor looks at you and says, well, you need to have surgery. You say, great, that's just what I wanted. I was hoping you'd say that. Because I, you know, I want to spend the next three weeks recovering. And so you go to the doctor, I'm looking forward to having surgery. No, you don't want surgery, but you have the surgery. Why? Because you know it's best for you. When Jesus comes into your life, He gives you what's best. And you face trials and you face struggles, but He walks with you through it and He gives you what's best for you so that you can grow, so that you can be all that He wants you to be in Christ Jesus. And then He gives you eternal life just to top it off. Where you can spend eternity with Him where there are no more struggles, no more trials. Why do you follow Jesus? Do you follow Him for what you can get or do you follow Him for what you can give? The problem with vacation is when we go on vacation, we usually go on vacation to get something, right? Did you ever notice it costs you to go on vacation? You don't notice. Why? Because you're away. I'm on vacation. It's like the video. They're on vacation. It didn't matter. We're on vacation. Well, when you follow Jesus, there are things that happen and there's a price and a cost. 
But the good news is that as you walk with Him, He gives you the strength and the peace and the joy in the midst of it all to experience the fullness of life. He gives you what's best. When you're on vacation, make sure. Make sure that you stop and you look at Jesus again. In other words, this week, take a couple minutes and say, Jesus, show yourself to me in a new way. I want to see who you are more fully. And he'll begin to open that up for you. And lastly, if you're on vacation, um, I, and, I, and I, love, I love this image. Do you notice how the clouds surrounded them? Scared them at first. And then out of the cloud came God's voice. And as they were surrounded in the cloud, God's presence was there. And when God's presence is there, there's, there's a strength, a power. It's, at times it's scary. But I want you to see that they were gathered together there with God's presence there. They were experiencing God's presence. I hope when you come to worship, you come to worship to experience Jesus. That you come to know Him. That you come to give to Him so that He can come into your life and move you and work in you and encourage you and uplift you and challenge you. And it's sad to me that when people go on vacation, they take a vacation from church. Because it's in that moment that you really experience who God is if you come to church with an open heart. Now some people come to church to fulfill a duty or to see what they can get. But if you come to church with an open heart, with the presence of God there, He begins to speak into your life. Notice how He spoke into the lives of the disciples. This is my Son. Listen to Him. Would that be important? By the way, remember they keep hearing that Jesus is going to suffer and die and they don't want to hear it. What's God say? You're not listening. Listen. What's He saying to you right now? What's He speaking into your heart and into your life? He loves you very much. He's giving you His Word. He's giving you His Son. What keeps you from experiencing Him? What keeps you from being encouraged by Him? What keeps you from worshiping Him? See, when you walk into worship, not only are you encouraged and affirmed, but you're also prepared. And you're going to face another difficult week. Did you know that? And you may think it's overwhelming. And when you do, I want you to come back, come back to this moment. And remind yourself that in Christ, you can get away. Now, you can't run away. I mean, the problems will still be there, but God's going to prepare you for what's to come. God was preparing His Son. God was preparing the disciples. Jesus is preparing you this morning. I don't know what's coming up in your life. He may have some opportunity for you that you need to jump on. And He's preparing you right now. 
He may have been challenging you at this moment with someone who you care about who needs to know the love of Jesus and you've been holding back. He's saying, hey, don't, don't hold back anymore. Somehow, do what's necessary to touch Him, to move Him or her toward me. Maybe, maybe this morning, He's saying, you're not spending enough time with me. You've been avoiding me. And it's time that we get together again. Because I have great things for you. And you're missing them. You see, this week I hope you go on vacation. I hope you get away. Not not necessarily physically, but in a spiritual sense. That you'll take time with Jesus. That you'll look at Him in a new way. And that you'll allow His people to surround you. Encourage you, pray with you, that his presence might fill you, that you might be with us and with the believers, that you might be encouraged and be able and be ready for what is yet to come. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you for those times when we can get away from our everyday life and um, and be in a new setting and a new place or or be able just to get away from the struggles at work and, and the trials uh, that are there. And yet, Lord Jesus, uh, those few weeks or few days we take are, are never enough if we don't spend time with You. And so we pray this week that You would open our hearts to You. That we would take time this week to go on vacation with you, that we get down on our knees and listen for your voice and allow you to speak to us in a new way, that we would spend time with other believers this week and celebrate your love and be reminded of all that you are and and encourage one another, challenge one another with your love and with your grace. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we would this week Be willing to spend more time with You. Lord, we lift up to You those today who walked in without a relationship with You. Some, Lord, who've been looking at You for a long time and have held back for whatever reason from offering their lives to You. We pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that they would simply say in their hearts, Lord, I give you my life. That in that moment, you might begin to transform them into a person who can be used by you with a life filled with purpose and direction, hope, and eternal life. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for touching our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.